Hello, my name is Ryan Bates. And I'm Wade Hamas. And welcome to Input 52. This is a show where we discuss a range of topics 52 weeks out of the year. From technology and startups to lifestyle and gaming, this show is just about interesting things. And speaking of interesting, this is the first actual show with me and you co-hosting. So we've had you on the show before, but now we've joined forces and uh, I guess kind of how we originally planned to do this, we're actually going to do this, both of us now, instead of just me. So yeah, kind of yeah, takes a little the... bit of uh, a break off of me and I don't have to just spend all this time talking to myself. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm glad to be on the show. I mean, this is, like I like I said when you interviewed me a couple weeks ago, this is how I envisioned it now. I'm actually fulfilling that role as the co-host, so hopefully we'll have some fun, you know, conversations moving forward. Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. I mean, me and you started talking about this back in 2012, so it's been a few years coming, uh, and then we both kind of had a lot going on, and then finally I started kind of working on it, but then I thought it would just, I think it's going to be better if we can have both of us kind of having that conversation, that roundtable discussion, and, and then people can kind of see different sides, because maybe me and you disagree on stuff, or maybe we both agree on things so i think it'll be cool to see two different uh you know perspectives which is cool yeah i agree i agree and it's gonna be also cool having you know both of us co-hosting with you know uh guests on I, I think that will create like a really cool conversation as well yeah for sure i completely agree i mean there's a lot of people out there uh that i would like to have on the show at some point so i think that'll be pretty cool to get another perspective in there as well i think that'll be really awesome but this week, uh, there hasn't been a lot going on, but last week was E3, so there was a ton of stuff, so uh, we wanted to kind of recap some of the things uh, that were announced. Maybe not everything, but just some of the highlighted things that are probably going to be important in the next few months to the next year or so. So the first thing right before E3 was the Oculus announcement. So VR is here in full force, so there's a lot of VR stuff going on with Oculus, and Sony's got their thing, and Samsung has their thing, and... So there's a lot going on. So what do you think about VR and kind of the future of that in the gaming sphere? So, I mean, just to like, it, it still blows my mind. I think back to the uh, the movie Blank Check, I think it is, or not maybe not Blank Check, but Home Alone, where he's like in the mall and he's like playing the virtual reality game in the mall. And like, I don't know, I can't remember if it was Blank Check or Home Alone, but it's like, it's crazy to think like in the 90s, virtual reality was like a really cool and hip thing. And although, you know, what's coming out now is, you know, eons, be you know, beyond what, what was there, there, it's like still so cool to think that now 20, 30 years later, here we are. And we have this virtual reality headset, which if you have seen the movie, doesn't look all that different from what they're wearing on their heads and what they're kind of doing in that thing. And uh, it's so interesting. And, uh, you know, after, seeing the oculus and what they're able to do with that with the uh like the uh, the, the hand controllers and and having the built-in headphones and all that all that neat stuff it's going to be really really cool um i'm very excited to see like what you can do with it and i already know now you know being a developer myself there's all there's already a huge like development uh community around the oculus rift in fact i was at a hackathon a, couple months ago where uh, Major League Hacking, uh, they're kind of a group of people who travel and host these hackathons, had Oculus Rifts there that developers could uh, rent out for the weekend to build upon. So mm, it's already cool. like a, yeah, it's already like becoming like a huge community. And this, this newer headset looks to be, you know, amazing. Yeah, it's crazy because this is this oculus i mean vr kind of started with oculus they kind of brought it to the mainstream it's something like you said we've had kind of in discussion you know people wanting to do vr but nobody's really been able to come out and do it properly but oculus was kind of the first one to really start this initiative in the last few years mm -hmm. and what's crazy is they got started on kickstarter which a lot of people i mean you look at kickstarter there's a lot of successful kickstarters but usually they don't do that much success beyond the kickstarter other than maybe like pebble and then now oculus they they've turn into full-fledged real companies and not just, oh, we had a really cool product, but right. it wasn't that great. I mean, this is something that seems like it'll actually be able to deliver. And they've spent you know a few years since this happened to really develop and, and fine-tune this. And then obviously Facebook bought, bought Oculus. So that was a huge deal. So yeah. I mean, I think they're, they're here and they're ready to play. But like speaking about like that movie and everything, it's so weird. I was thinking about this the other day, like 
we live in a world now that like we are officially i think in the future like what we would call the future back in the day is like now we have these phones that we can talk to and they'll do things for us and now we have vr coming and i mean facetime i remember being a little kid and be like man that'd be cool if i could sit down on my phone and like see my friends and talk to my friends and then now that's such a common thing like with skype and facetime and everything so it's really we're living i think in the future in my opinion it's pretty weird yeah, it really is. It really is. Yeah. So you mean you mentioned Facebook? I think that's probably where they, you know, have gotten their huge, you know, spurt of success here recently. Is you know being bought by Facebook, which is a billion dollar company, probably really helped them, you know, in the research and development department. Um, I, I really think that that has been like probably their best, you know, thing that's happened. And now, you know, now we got to see this new product that they've come out, and it looks like that time spent has been, you know, very worthwhile. And probably the money too. Oh yeah, yeah, I completely agree. What's weird though is now it's, I mean, it's gonna be PC only in the beginning. So they've halted their Mac development. I don't know if you saw that. So there's no Mac right. development right now. It isn't gonna work with PlayStation or anything, but they did partner with Microsoft. So that makes sense why it's PC only now. Uh, mm -hmm. So they're partnering with Microsoft. It's gonna ship with an Xbox One controller. Uh, and then eventually they're gonna have this new gamepad that's gonna come out in the first half of the year called Oculus Touch, which essentially is these handheld motion controllers that like mimic the motions of your hands. So when you put a thumbs up, it'll give a thumbs up in the screen. And, and when you grasp, grasp something with your hands, it'll actually grasp it in the game. So that's pretty interesting, but that's gonna be coming the first half of 2016. And then the Oculus is actually gonna be coming in Q1. So sometime within the first few months of next year. But it's I think it's interesting that they are partnering with Microsoft. Uh, but I guess it, it does make sense because traditionally PCs are where, you know, desktop gamers typically hang out at. They, you, there's not a lot right. of people that are, are gaming on the Mac, so it makes sense. But I would have liked to see a Mac version just because, you know, typically all the computers I own are Macs. Obviously, I could put, you know, Boot Camp on there and do Windows 10 or Windows 8 or whatever is out at the time. But I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm interested to try it, but I just don't know if I want to jump to a PC to, to do it. I mean, I know the the spec requirements for it are pretty high. The 5K iMac, I think, is the only... That and the Mac Pro are the only computers that will be able to handle Oculus. So they announced the specs for it, but the Mac, the 5K iMac, the graphics card and the processor and everything, only meets the bare minimum specs needed for Oculus. Oh, wow. So that's, that's kind of interesting. So you yeah, can get a 5K iMac, yeah, but it's... You're, you're probably limited in the amount of time that you'll be able to game in the next few years as developers develop these more enhanced gaming experiences that require more graphical power. So that'll right. be interesting to see how that plays out. And I mean, and that's, I mean, that right there is the reason why they probably stopped, you know, development. It's like, you know, it's not, how, what is the market subset of Apple that has a Mac Pro or the 5K iMac? I would say it's probably pretty small at this point, you know, it's oh, yeah. probably more like, agency or you know, big you know business level that have like the pros and you know those computers that you know need that power right you know but i guarantee you that depending on how they release the software for the oculus Rift, that there will be a port within um i, I would say I, I would put money on it within a month or two that there someone's gonna port it to the mac oh yeah it's it's i i guarantee it'll be coming but it's so weird the whole vr concept so um, the, the guy that actually created Oculus, he was talking about, I heard this on recently on another podcast. I can't remember which one, but he, he envisions basically people using VR headsets outside of Oculus. So just in general, so say there's an Apple keynote, instead of going to the keynote, people just at home pop on, pop on a VR headset and they watch the event live through the VR headset. So he envisions kind of long-term people using VR headsets outside of just gaming, but actually integrating it more into your life, which I don't know. How That's interesting. Far, I don't know how yeah. far out we are from that because, I mean, with Google Glass, people were not that okay with strapping technology right. under their bodies. I mean, now we're getting, like, smartwatches well, and things like that, but, like, when you're putting something yeah. physically on your head to – you know, live. That's I think it, I don't know. I don't know if well, we're right here yet. And Google Glass, I think, is a is different from this because Google Glass, you were expected to wear it out in public. Right. True. You know, so this might this might actually take hold of that. Well, seeing as it'll be something people will be using in the privacy of their home, they won't have that like, you know, fear of you know people pointing at them and telling them they look goofy right. or whatever. That's that is true. See, I, and I just don't know how deep it'll go. I think, yeah, in the place of your own home and in gaming and stuff, I think it's a really awesome thing. But if it 
involves us like going to a coffee shop and like putting on a VR headset to hang out with our friend. I think those kind of things are going to be a little far out. But some people are saying that's going to happen. I'm just like, there's no way. No way. I'm I'm not putting something in my face and wearing it out. Like, I'm just not not going to. I'm not going to call up one of my buddies and be like, hey, you want to go sit at the coffee shop and cover our faces in a uh, VR headset for, yeah. like, for two hours? It's I know. Like, I could just see like couples like, hey, honey, I got us a vacation. We're going to Hawaii. Really? Yeah. Here, Here's your headset. Like, let's go. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> they are the co- I bet they are the cost. Like the price of them are around the cost of like a round trip week oh, stay yeah. in Hawaii or something. Yeah. Like I mean, they haven't announced the final cost, but they did say that they're going to come out with a like a PC bundle that'll have the the pc and the oculus and they said that's going to be around 1500 uh mm-hmm. so no nobody knows how much the actual oculus will cost i'm guessing probably five or six hundred if i had to guess you know that's, around the same price like as a console but i feel like that's way f- that's way lower than when it when it originally came out the development rift that came out yeah yeah so, yeah that thing was expensive yeah, so, so I mean, know, I don't know. I don't know how much it'll cost. What What do you think? Do you think it'll be far off from that fifteen hundred? Because I mean, I'm thinking if they have a full on package with the PC and the Rift at fifteen hundred, which is what they said, that's going to be the base. You know, I right. feel like it has to at least be no more yeah. than seven, eight hundred. Yeah, I mean, you're I don't right. Know. I think I think I think you're right on the. I think you're nailing that. I think that's probably pretty close. So back to the uh, you know sitting in your home and like being able to catch like uh, you know Apple the uh, you know the WWDC or whatever. Do they have special cameras that they would have to then have at these events that would, you know, because that's something like I've always wondered about this technology is like, how would they film the event in order to feel submersive? Yeah, see, that's that's what's interesting. Is so I know the Oculus, it it's going to ship with a camera to track your own movement. So it'll watch you and it it is attached to sensors in the the oculus itself to track your movements and how you're you know if you're ducking and turning your head and all of that but at events and stuff i'm not really sure like i know the you can have xbox one games on the rift that you can, they're ported over and they showed a demo of it where you're right. essentially it lo- almost looks like when you're in the rift that you're in like a movie theater so you see yeah, like kind weird. of uh, the ground and stuff around you and then the screen is kind of out in front of you which is kind of weird so it kind of mimics like you're in a room somewhere so i don't know if maybe that would be kind of how it would be if you're watching like an event but yeah i don't know what kind of cameras they would have to set up like a at an apple event or a google event or whatever that would be really interesting yeah i I mean i would i would imagine it would have to be some sort of like 3d capturing ball you know like a camera that's like capturing all angles and then piecing it together yeah yeah totally kind of of like how like google maps street view yeah yeah i didn't have to be something like that yeah how far do you think we're out from like i mean vr and gaming is obviously really going to start next year when (laughs) oculus comes out but how far do you think we are from like using vr in more other ways so like using it to to go on these digital vacations or to watch events or tv or whatever do you think that's something that we're going to see next five years or 10 years or what do you I think would say, yeah i would say probably five to ten i mean i think it, these things will have to come down to a more consumer level pricing i think right. even that 700 dollars price tag is you know that's for someone who like really really wants to use this thing now right. i mean it was just like you know how like you know my discussion with you that i had about the offline about the apple watch you know it's like i couldn't I couldn't, you know, discern getting it for this cost now when I didn't think I would use it that much. You know, right. maybe the next, maybe the next generation or the one after that would be more appealing because it'll be cheaper and more feature packed. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I would say five to ten years would be interesting. Man, I've never really thought about that though. That's that's so crazy that people are going to be going on vacations and not ever going anywhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, Google they announced <laughs> the I think it's called Expeditions where it's they have that Google cardboard, so it's like a little cardboard thing. It's like 30 bucks and you put your phone in there and they're using it in schools for field trips, which I think is pretty cool. So that is cool. They're, you know, they go to a place and it's you can kind of look around the Golden Gate Bridge or whatever and then the teacher will talk about that. So I think in those instances totally awesome and it's the google cardboard is really inexpensive for like a classroom so that makes sense but as far as oculus i mean i don't know how many people on the street would even know what that is if i went up to 10 people and asked them do you know what the oculus rift is i would bet probably one or two at the most would have any idea what i'm talking about yeah you know i mean we could maybe compare it to and this is completely you know opposite ends but you could compare it to the adoption of like the ipad in a classroom true you know, I mean, that came out in what 2008, 2009, the yeah. first iPad. Yep. Yeah, and now 
it is like a staple in a lot of schools that almost every kid has an, you know, an iPad that, and that is their textbooks. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's crazy. And it's like little kids. I mean, my nephew's three years old and he has an iPad and he knows how to, you know, download apps and everything. It's like, it blows my mind how right. integrated technology is into our lives now. I mean, I remember yeah. being a little kid and it's like, I remember when I got a Sega Genesis and I was so stoked. Oh, yeah. I was like, this is Sonic amazing. The Hedgehog, Sonic yeah. Sonic the, the Hedgehog and Mortal Kombat and all that stuff. I was so excited. And like now these kids have like PS4s and like iPhones when they're like six years old and stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's they so have crazy. both Xbox one and PS4. And it's like, come on. Yeah. It's, it's weird, <laughs> man. But yeah, I mean, I think VR is, I think we'll see a big adoption once it goes, if Oculus can take it mainstream, I think so far, they're the one that's really going to take it the distance. Yeah. I mean, I, I think their I think their partnership with Microsoft's really going to help too. Yeah, I mean, and Microsoft is like back in full force. Like, talk yeah. about a good segue, but like they are really back with a lot of cool stuff right now. So one of the things that they announced a few months ago, or maybe like six months ago, was the Microsoft Hololens, which is kind of the opposite side of the spectrum from the Oculus. So the Oculus is virtual reality. This is augmented reality. So we've seen this before with like. Nintendo has done it with I think they're like their handhelds and some phones have done it with like augmented reality but this is like next level so it's a a headset that you can put on and actually play games and interact with your environment and like watch TV on your wall it'll like pop up a virtual screen on your wall in this headset and you can like watch TV and stuff so that's I think we're a little bit farther out for this because they haven't even announced any kind of release time frame or anything but uh, yeah. They announced this at E3. I mean, it was announced a few months ago, but at E3 they actually showed it off with Minecraft, and so that they, was amazing. Holy yeah, the crap, demo is amazing. so cool. Like, I don't know how much that was camera tricks that they were able to factor. And I knew. I mean, I did see the guy on stage with that crazy camera, and he was. I don't know, but that was unreal. Yeah, that it was so cool. It was super cool, and it's like if we can have something like that, that's yeah. gonna be like game changing like I, I thought about this before like if we had like if I was a little kid and I, I had something like this and back in the day when I would like play Pokemon if I could like battle against people in Pokemon with like augmented reality that would have been the coolest oh thing gosh. ever imagine Sonic the Hedgehog you know there's like Lanier there's Lanier map games like yeah, Sonic yeah. and all that imagine being able to walk around it and seeing like you know the rings and those tricks that you, you know those like shoots that you are uh, the slides that he would like shoot up and like go up in the air and get all the like, that would be so cool yeah, it, that, like on a table right in front of you. They wanted it to be interesting because it's like, will this put TVs out of the market? So they've shown demos with like you just like post up in your room on a blank wall and you pop it up and you can just watch live TV right on your wall. Like you can size, you know, size how big you want the TV. So it's like you don't have to say like, oh, I don't have a 65 inch TV. I only have a 50 inch. You can just be like, oh, I'll just make this a bigger screen because I have a big wall. I mean, right. so that's interesting. And it's crazy that Microsoft is the one that's bringing this out because it seems like they were kind of like dormant for so long and then now they've cooked up this kind of cool futuristic stuff and it's like, whoa. Yeah. Do you know if they like bought a company that was doing this before? I haven't really, because I haven't heard too much about this up till you know, the E3 announcements. So I didn't know if they had like bought, the, I mean, is this something they cooked up in-house? I think is it is. Like yeah, I haven't heard of them acquiring anything. I could be completely wrong. So if I am, let me know. But uh, yeah, I think it's something yeah. that they developed in-house. Um, but I saw a demo of it on The Verge back when they announced it uh, earlier this year. And it was a lot different at the time. It was a big kind of clunky headset that went on your head. So now they've slimmed right. it down to this kind of really attractive, appealing headset that you can put on your head. Uh, but I, I mean, okay. I can't imagine how much this thing's going to cost. Like, I can think of so many use cases. You know, back when we talked and we were uh, discussing drones and doing 3D surveying, imagine using the drone to survey something that is, you know, maybe hostile that you can't go into and you can get this 3D map that you can then actually have, you know, right in front of you on the table using this headset that you can see all the nooks and crannies that the camera from the drone was able to pick up. You know, like think about like surveying like a roof that's on fire and like you, you can see like down into like where the shafts may have like fallen in and like see, you know, things that you might not have been able to see. Right. Just from like a 2D perspective. So. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like I couldn't like the Minecraft demo was pretty impressive, like because essentially they had a whole Minecraft like level right there in front yeah. of you and you could navigate it and manipulate it with your voice in your hand. So he would just give it a command and it would just the game would completely change. And so like, yeah, yeah, like using it for drones and like there's yeah. so many use cases that you could combine these kind of yeah. futuristic forms of technology into one thing. So it's 
I mean, like I said, we're totally living in the future now, but I, I just can't imagine how much this thing's going to cost because they haven't announced any time frame of when this could come. So, I mean, uh, it, it might be five years till we even see this thing available in the public. I mean, I don't know. They, I mean, they haven't it really said. Looked, it, so what, what he was wearing on his head looked really like well built and small right. you, you remember like the first oculus rift was like this big bulky like looked like a scuba mask right yeah and then this thing was this thing looked almost similar to the the you know this modern or the new oculus rift that came out so yeah. maybe it's not as far away as we think it's just you know i don't know yeah <laughs> don't it'll know. it'll be interesting because like i wonder if it's going to be one of those things kind of like how we had like hd dvd versus blu-ray is it going to be like vr versus ar like is there going to be kind of a dominant thing to where people are more inclined to have a virtual reality or do they want an augmented reality that they could interact yeah. with with their hands and stuff? I mean, they're kind of similar in a way, but then they're kind of different right. as well. So yeah. I don't really I know how, see, which is going to be kind of the mainstream, you know? Yeah, I can see VR being, like, you know, the more... Uh, I could see it being better for gaming because it's immersive because right. you can get in there. But then games like Minecraft or like any, like, I guess, like, games where you look down onto the world now mm -hmm. like i mean you could think of like games like dota 2 or whatever right um imagine having that to where you can see that world you know from like you know a different perspective and like in a 3d environment i think games like that will really stand out obviously like your first person shooters aren't really gonna work well right in an reality you know so that makes sense yeah i didn't even think about that so like games like minecraft and like yeah. the lego games and stuff that the camera view is more of an above thing that would make right. more sense for the the augmented reality whereas like vr would be good for first person shooters and like flight games and really right. think immersive experiences where you need to look around and, and survey the environment so that yeah that's yeah. interesting i didn't even think about that so the camera angles could totally play into the use yeah. cases for one platform yeah. versus the I other i mean and, and, and then like you know obviously the virtual reality you know, it's good for that stuff. And then I think augmented reality is where you're, you're going to have that, like the practical world use cases for like, like we were explaining uh, before. Right. So yeah, I think they're both really cool and I'm really excited to see where they go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it with the HoloLens, what it reminds me of is like you would watch those like CSI shows or whatever, and they just pop yeah. up a computer screen right in front of them and then they like touch it enhance. and swipe over and stuff. Yeah. It's enhance. like, yeah, enhance, enhance. Like that. Yeah. Literally. And then you can see somebody that's like 10 miles away. You can see their face, their license yeah. plate number, all that stuff. But yeah. That's, that's what it reminds me of with the, right. the HoloLens is that like virtual computer in front of you. So like imagine editing photos, you just pop up a screen right there in your bed, just like big 27 inch iMac type screen right there in front of you on your wall. And you're just like, Oh, Hey, yeah, that's cool. That'll that's be really interesting. Cool. But yeah, another thing that was announced at, uh, E3, which I thought was kind of interesting. So I wanted to talk about it was the new Xbox elite controller. So I'm typically a, a PS4 gamer, but, uh, I did game with a 360 before. So I'm familiar with that. And, uh, but what's interesting about this is not only that it's $150, which to some <laughs> may seem like a lot, but it's, I, a gamepad really for gamers so you can change out the joysticks and the d-pad you there's different options yeah. for the d-pad do you think that people this is do you, i mean this is 150 dollars. do you think there's people out there that will actually buy this or do you think this is something oh, yeah, that's absolutely. too absolutely yeah absolutely i mean so I, I i'm an xbox one user and i'm and i would say now i probably don't game i probably game maybe once or twice every month or so right uh, I use it mainly just for controlling my TV, which it's <laughs> yeah. amazing for. Yeah, totally. Um, but when I saw this controller, I still was like, "Damn, I really, I really have to have that." It yeah, just looks it looks cool, and the ability to like to change stuff out and set presets. I mean, that's that's bringing a whole another level. And th this is really going to be for like those people who are like hardcore Battlefield, Call of Duty, Halo. Like they're you know those guys that are playing as like crazy first person shooter games that right. just need that custom uh, customization in the controller um and plus people who game a lot the controllers don't really last that long i've had my, yeah, totally. like my back when i was playing call of duty a lot like three years ago i had a controller the d-pad which from scraping it you know along the sides of the circle the, the ring that it's in you could start to see that it was like chipping away at the piece of plastic. It could have yeah. like snapped off. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, so. I completely agree. Like I, I play uh, this game called destiny a lot, which is like a mm -hmm. MMO, yeah. like, are uh, like first person shooter game. And so it's a little bit of both, but like there's certain triggers that I use for like meleeing that now, like my triggers on my controller are kind of starting to stick a little bit. So like, this is cool. So I wonder if they're going to have 
to where you can buy these individual buttons. So for instance, say um, I was using the Xbox One, I had my controller and my D-pad broke. Could I just go out and just go buy a new D-pad and just fix it instead of having to buy a whole new controller? Because that would be really cool. That would justify the 150 for me if it's yeah. something that it's... I don't have to buy a new $50 controller every, you know, six months or whatever. I can just swap out missing parts. And then in addition right. to that, I can, you know, program specific controls to specific buttons more than you can just in the games now, which I think is cool. So I think this applies more towards, like, people that PC game. They love to have the mouse yeah. and the keyboard and kind of program that. So this will be interesting. I mean, this might even tie in with the Oculus because they're going to have an Xbox One controller. So we might see some of the more use cases for this controller in oculus as well in the future yeah and i wonder if like with these interchangeable joysticks and the d-pad and all that stuff if they're gonna open that up for like third parties to like create stuff for for some reason i was just thinking of like branded joysticks and d-pads and if they're yeah. gonna like somehow hit on that and if those become like the pogs of the modern day right like, yeah you know? oh man i miss pogs <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so do i Old yeah. '90s nostalgia, right there. Like, yeah. yeah. If you don't know what Pogs are, this just look it up. It's something from the '90s, but it's it's awesome. They're amazing. Yeah, but the, it, another thing that was pretty interesting about this controller is like it has triggers on the back of it, which is a little bit different, and you can control those for specific functions. So, say you want to move your you're playing Call of Duty, you want your your attack button or your shoot button instead of being one of the triggers, you can make it one of these like triggers that's on the back of the controller, so it's easier to hit. So it'll make your in-game experience maybe a little bit easier if uh you're a really aggressive player and you're wanting to try and you know shoot really fast or reload really quick you can have it to where you're not having to reach as far with those those fingers which i think is pretty cool as well but i don't know 150 bucks that's a lot i i think it's definitely for those hardcore gamers uh yeah, that really want that but interesting stuff i i was kind of bummed we didn't see something like that for playstation because i, I mean right now i'm I'm not working. I'm doing other things and doing a bunch of different <laughs> stuff. So I'm I am spending a little bit more time playing video games and wearing out my controllers a little bit quicker. So that would have been cool to see something for Sony, but yeah, I don't well, know. I mean, I mean, regarding you know PlayStation and my uh, Xbox, they just released a terabyte version of each, which is something I actually noticed the other day that I wish I had now because I yeah. didn't realize that I'm about to max out mine. So. Yeah, yeah. It's and what's crazy is it's like. That's why I've held off buying digital games is yeah. because they take up, you know, 50 gigs and you have a 500 gig hard drive. That's what, 10 games and then you're, yeah. you're full. So it's like I always try and buy the hard disk, but then those, they take up space and then you have to go out and deal with crowds if you're trying to, like, you know, get it on day one and all yeah. that. But yeah. yeah, a terabyte would be pretty nice. But then you yeah. have to deal with, like, swapping it out and, like, transferring everything. So I'm, I, I'm just too lazy. I just buy the hard copy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I need to start doing. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, sure. another game that was, like, or a couple of games that were announced at E3 that I think is pretty interesting. Um, we talked about this a little bit earlier before the call, but Rock Band 4 and Guitar Hero Live. So they're bringing back these uh, band-type games to Xbox and to PlayStation, which I think is pretty interesting. I definitely have been to many parties and had many drinks playing these games back in the day. Uh, uh, and you mentioned uh, Dance Dance Revolution, which yeah. it's kind of interesting. Nobody's done anything new with that in quite some time. I know, I know. I mean, back when I was in high school, my sophomore year, I had two friends, Aaron and, Aaron and Trevor, who were incredible at Dance Dance Revolution. Like, they had, like, the metal, like, the metal box mats. Like, they were, like, hardcore serious. And they were so good, and I was terrible. <laughs> I was I was really really bad. I was actually bad at Rock Band and Guitar Hero. Also, yeah, I, I I'm like one of those people that if I can't pick it up quickly, I get very frustrated. Right. And like I think these guys, they just they it was all they did in their free time. So they were they were awesome. Yeah, I <laughs> I, I, I could never get into the the Dance Dance Revolution. I just like I like you. I just wasn't good at it. Like I mean, I can dance. I think okay in real life, but on that game, man, I would see. Yeah. I'd go to the arcade. There was this arcade by my house, and people would go there, and it was always people on that machine, and they would just like go in there and just tear it up. And they had it right at yeah. the beginning of the entrance in this mall, so like people shopping could just see people just dancing it up like crazy, and it was just like. Man, I don't know. I, you guys spent a lot of time here, a lot of money, a lot of time working on these, these dance moves. But yeah. it's it's pretty interesting that um, we didn't see any kind of announcements for for that. But but Guitar Hero and Rock Band are, are back, so that I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, actually, so like you know, I, I watched the announcement, and I, I think it's pretty. It's so crazy to me because I remember the the very first Guitar Hero 
guitar and it didn't really look or feel like a guitar and now they look like real instruments yeah yeah so i guess this one um they've added some frets so it has it's essentially like two different strings and then three frets that you can use and you can basically play specific notes that are kind of closer to actual chords on a real guitar which is interesting and then i think it was guitar hero maybe it was rock band but i think it was guitar hero there's also um some new frets at the the higher end so you can do like guitar solos on it which is kind of fun and and interesting but yeah i think it's cool that they're making a little bit more like a real instrument now and not this kind of weird controller type yeah. thing yeah i saw that they like for rock band they added a double tap on the button which is kind of like how you know heavy metal and that kind of music or guitar music is right. created right so that's i mean it, they're definitely trying to but to me that just means like it's way more technical and i'll never figure it out so it's yeah. like i don't even want to try it i know <laughs> yeah see i know I would, I would always buy like a guitar hero or a rock band and i each i even this one i actually liked but did you ever play dj hero yeah dj hero yeah oh I my gosh that. Yeah. man that was actually pretty fun like yeah. i think of all of them that was like the most fun i had with any of them maybe it's because i'm like into that kind of a music a lot but like right. i have pictures of me like my friends would take it like parties because <laughs> i would just get like a little bit drunk and then we'd be playing like <laughs> dj nice. hero like at two in the morning and like all these people would be taking turns i mean i, I would just kill it like i don't know if it's the alcohol or i was just like in the zone but man i loved that game that game was really fun i wish they would would do another one of those because they actually like partnered with like dead mouse and some of these big that's cool edm artists to to have exclusive tracks on there so that was cool but they didn't announce a dj hero unfortunately yeah. but the rock band is essentially going to be the same type of rock band so there's not really yeah. any huge changes other than like the double tap and stuff but they did say that any of your previous songs that you purchased on like last gen consoles will be able to transfer over which is really cool so if you've bought any of those kind of dlc Sweet. packs or anything on like the 360 or the ps3 those will transfer over because they're tied to your account which is pretty cool that's cool but back to party games of fast i just have to say that mario kart is still the number one game here in my neck of the woods that we play at oh, parties yeah yeah same, yeah same here man that it's like a timeless <laughs> classic like yeah. nintendo 64 will always have a special place in my heart yeah yeah and we played this we played this really crazy uh, game. <laughs> i don't know if i should say the name of it but uh <laughs> It's called drunk driving, but what you do? Oh is, my gosh! Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the way we play it is you just have, you, you you can't drink while driving. You have to pull over to the side of the road to drink, and you yeah. have to finish your drink before you went across the finish line. Oh so, my gosh! Like literally, I didn't know anybody <laughs> played that. I thought my friend made it up. But back in college at San Diego State, we would play this game. Yeah, and it was drunk driving, the same exact thing. I didn't know anybody else did that. That's yeah. I'm having so, a, I'm having a moment right now. This is you're really having awesome. a moment. Yeah, <laughs> we've done it. We've done it with Forza too, which is actually way harder. Oh so. yeah, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it, I mean it gets fun too because you you start going through a few beers and you're trying to like shoot people with like those shells and the and yeah. you know, drop the bananas uh, and stuff and you're just like, oh it man, like, it, yeah, yeah, it gets a little sloppy. But yeah, that's oh yeah. that's a fun game. Yeah, uh, and we we also play uh, Super Smash Brothers. That was another fun. Oh, one that's a big one too. But yeah, Mario Kart, man, they need to bring that yeah. back. Like that's, Ninten that's Nintendo their... needs to show up again because I feel like they've kind of like dipped off a little bit. Like I love they those have. games. They have, they're just sitting on their Pokemon money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nintendo. I love that stuff. But yeah, yeah the another thing that was, I thought was really interesting that I wanted to mention really quick on the Guitar Heroes, they have a new thing that is kind of the oh, big yeah. hallmark feature is this Guitar Hero TV, which will essentially be like a 24-hour music video challenge. So you can play along with like a music video uh, this to is the really going to this is really going to be cool at the parties. Yeah, yeah. And so you can, yeah, like, compete against friends, and you can compete against people all, all across the world on, like, leaderboards. So that'll be really interesting to, you know, they have, like, uh, like Call Me Maybe or some song like that. Yeah. Or, and you're just, like, playing the song, and then you, you know, try and do it the best or the fastest or whatever and compete against your friends at, at parties or across the world. I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm honestly, I, I wonder how, like, they're licensing that. So I guess they just... They sign like these licenses, like Spotify or Apple or you know whatever, do and and then I guess they just like they scan the song and create like a beat pattern. I don't yeah, know, it's, it's pretty it's pretty cool, and that's like crazy that it, it could be it's gonna be like this huge library. Yeah, yeah, and so. see, I wonder if is like how are they? Yeah, how are these deals work with the artists? Because I don't think it's gonna be like ads or anything like that. So I don't understand how the artist is gonna be getting money unless it's kind of like you said like a streaming type deal because they're streaming that song so maybe they get right. like a small cut per the amount of streams and so maybe they're 
like certain blocks of time where this song is the song that's playing during this, you know, 24 hour block yeah. or something. I don't know. That'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe there's something like that where there's like a, a sponsored song and I don't know, it's or a featured song. I, yeah. That's, that's mine. Yeah. I mean, especially with everything in the news. You right. Know, so, so do you, do you think this is something that you would pick up or just probably something that you would just play if a friend had it like at a party or you're getting together? Uh, you know, personally, I just because of how I've been in the past with this game and I've not been very good, I've yeah. always only played it at friends' houses, so I'd probably just stay with that. Um, I don't know though, if I go to a friend's house and I really like it, I'm also kind of that person who uh, uh just likes to go out and buy something, yeah, because so. <laughs> I, think, I think we're all like that. You get in this yeah. mode and you, you, you're just like, Yeah, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this. This is a fun night. It was oh, a fun man. night, and then it just sits there collecting dust. Like, that's how I was yeah. with the Nintendo Wii. I was like, Oh man, this is so fun, and then I realized yeah. like it's not that fun by yourself, and that I feel like this yeah. is kind of how this game is. Like, it's not gonna be the one of those games to where you're just chilling in your room, just like no. killing the guitar, you know, a couple hours a night. Like, yeah, I can, I can, I can, I can pick at least four other things I should be doing other than playing Guitar Hero alone, trying to get better at it. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just that's just a sad image to picture. You're just like sitting yeah. in your room, just like crying, like, why can't I do this? Like, yeah, it's like nice <laughs> and sunny outside. It's like, well, I got nothing else to do. I guess I should practice Guitar Hero. Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know if it's for me. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, real quick, but I know we talked about Oculus and Microsoft, and I wanted to get your opinion one last thing. Are those things that you would purchase? So I know we talked about just the oh, guitar right. and stuff, but do you think you would purchase one of those other two things? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if I am if I was considering buying an Apple Watch, which was $400, if these things come in at a price point around like five $600, and there's, you know, a lot of community behind them, and there's a lot of things out there that I think I would enjoy, I'm definitely on board with the Oculus. Uh, HoloLens, I... I um, it depends on what, what kind of games and kind of things they would come out for it right away. You know, like yeah. if, if they come out with the original Pokemon, like you said, I'm jumping on that in an instant. That'll oh, be, man. that'll be so tight. Yeah. You just uh, like, you're just like, Hey man, like you want to play some Pokemon and you just like battle and you watch your Pokemon just go at it like live right in front of you. That would be the coolest thing ever. Oh man. Yes. Always start with Charmander. Yeah. Charmander is good. Bulbasaur is not bad either. Once he gets no, well, I mean, honestly, I mean, I know this is like completely off topic, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bul you have to have Bulbasaur to go through the uh, water level. So oh, yeah, so he is needed. But yeah, I was always yeah. a, like a Charmander fan. He's, yeah, I, that was my when I had the Pokemon cards back in the day. That was my first like I can't remember what they called them now. Like, but the the shiny cards. Oh that yeah, shiny. Yeah, shiny. Yeah. Yeah, shiny or hollow. Or, I can't remember what yeah. they're called, but that was my first one when I used to buy them back when I was a little kid and. So yeah, he, Charmander will always have a, a special yeah. place in my heart. But Absolutely. yeah, I, those are a few things that I kind of wanted to talk about for the gaming stuff. I think those are things that are going to be interesting in the next few years. And so I think they're more forward thinking things that were announced. Obviously, there was a ton of game announcements and stuff, which is would take way, way too much time to get into. Uh, but I wanted to switch over to something that I saw last week that I thought was pretty interesting. And it's the DX01. So it's a camera attachment for your iPhone that essentially turns your iPhone into like a full-fledged camera. So what did you, right. what, I, I know I, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but what did you think about it? Do you think this is something that people want to buy? And like, let me mention first, right. this thing is $600. So we'll get that yeah. out of the way first. It's $600. Yeah. $600. So let's keep in mind that you're going to be paying $600 for something that will only work with your $600 iPhone. So <laughs> moving <Yeah>. forward. <laughs> I mean, and, 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 you know, what's crazy about when, when you first mentioned it to me, I was thinking, oh, it's just another clip that clips over the iPhone lens. Yeah, like, like the olive clip know? or whatever. Right, yeah. right. But then I saw it and I, you know, and I, I read the article about it and it looks really cool. And I just, I don't see the pract uh, the practicality of it at that price point. Right. You know, I, it's just, it's, it's a, it looks like it's going to, you know, it looks like it has really good software. The hardware seems to be good i don't like how it only uses the charging dongle to hold itself onto the phone mm -hmm. yeah i didn't didn't seem very sturdy there like your phone could just fall off easily or it could fall off um yeah i, I don't know i six hundred dollars just doesn't seem very appropriate for right. something like See, that I, you yeah know? i think it's a cool gadget i i mean i can think of use cases for it because you think about it a lot of times people don't want to carry a camera and a phone uh, right. Your phone is typically kind of the, a good camera to have around. You know, everybody pulls out their phone, takes a quick mm -hmm. picture. So maybe if you're like on a trip, being able to just plug this into your phone and have higher quality images, I can see that. 
but, but not it, at six hundred dollars. Is it much? It's is it much smaller than like an RX one hundred or something? It didn't look like it was that much smaller. From what I read, factor. it's about the size of like a Zippo lighter, so it's actually pretty small. Oh, uh, okay. Then they they blew up the picture. Then yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It looked a little bit bigger. Okay. Yeah. So I was looking at the dimensions, and it's about the size of like a Zippo lighter, which is okay. interesting. So it's I mean it's something you can easily just keep in your pocket and then just attach right. when you want to to get like that maybe a higher quality picture. So this thing will shoot. 20.2 megapixels it can shoot raw images so if you're a photographer and want to shoot raw that's pretty cool um, but the focal length it's about 32 millimeters and it can it has a 1.2 aperture so i mean this thing you can take really cool images and have that nice like blurred background effect which is really cool so i mean i would use it probably on like i said vacations or just yeah. if i'm out and about and i don't want to carry my big dslr that would yeah, be pretty I mean, handy I'd... but like 600 bucks like i just can't get over the price yeah, I mean, I need maybe need to do like look into it more, but I still like the way that it just plugs in and then it's kind of just hanging off the end of the phone. Yeah, and I, I know that you can spin the the phone while it's on there, rotate it on its axis. Right. I still I feel like it should have like something that at least kind of hooks it up onto the phone a little bit more. Yeah, I like maybe, maybe yeah, like maybe some like kind of case or something. Yeah, because it just seems like. I know that it's supposed to be quick. You know, take it out, you snap it in. I'm sure, like right when you put it in, it fires up the app, right. and you know, then you're off taking pictures. Right. I mean, it's definitely a neat idea. It's you know, it's yeah. And see, like, but like what you said with, with it just clipping into the the lightning port there. I mean, those lightning ports are not that strong, so it's no, like I, I would I worry would... you're gonna break the little end off of it or something. Yeah, like I'm definitely that, and I'm definitely more concerned about it. You know, you know, loosening up my actual phone. Yeah, the port there. Yeah, yeah, because I don't know how heavy it was. I didn't see like the weight of it. So that, yeah, I don't know if you'd have to kind of really hold that on there when you're using it, so it doesn't like break that port or that uh, the little cable itself. But yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I think it's a cool accessory, and I'm sure somebody's gonna buy it. I mean, people Uh, buy things. uh, Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you could obviously buy a a nice camera for six hundred bucks. I mean, obviously it's some a little bit something else to carry around that may be a little bit bigger. Right. And well, and, and here's another issue with it too. It's it's not portable, right? So if you ever want to move from iPhone to Android, sure. like you're, you know, I mean, they do make mini to lightning, I think adapters, but then again, then you won't have the software. So, right. you know, and I think that's a big issue too. It's just $600. I think it's crazy because if you factor in the cost of the iPhone, if you have like the six or the six plus, it's like an extra you know, at, you know, retail price, it's an extra like 650, 700 bucks. Yeah. So you're looking at like a $1,300 camera. <laughs> yeah. Just like, for the convenience of having something a little small. bit smaller. Right. I mean, yeah, like an RX100, like those are Sony cameras that are super, super solid, really pocketable. I mean, right. th- are those extra three inches of the camera going to really make a difference between having a, a a camera or just this attachment i just feel like it's not yeah. as practical yeah. but it does look i mean it looks pretty cool but yeah i'm very i mean I the know. software the software the ui of the software looks really nice yeah so i think that's going to be a big selling point too because yeah. i mean i feel like a lot of these other ones that have come out similar to this have never been you know that nice so right. yeah because sony they came out with uh they have like the qx series which is they have two different ones but one of them is comparable to the RX100, so it's basically an RX100 camera attachment, and instead of plugging into your lightning port, it actually has like a, like kind of clamps that clap on, kind of like a selfie stick does, if you've seen that. Okay, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those haven't sold that well. I mean, it's good quality, but the software on that isn't really that great. So, I mean, the software is better on this, um, but those didn't really do that well. So it's, it's, I don't understand really why somebody else was trying to do something a similar i mean same it's similar price point too yeah the software is better but like it just i don't know if it's that practical like right i don't know but i mean I, like i said i'm sure somebody will buy it i mean everybody buys everything it seems like but i don't know probably not for me what do you think i don't think that it's gonna be something i purchase i i take i take photos but i usually just use my phone yeah now i i, I obviously with you know what I do with telescope and the drone, that's more video. And we actually have like actual nice cameras for that. Right. And I, I still don't even use those cameras for personal use. Honestly, mm-hmm. I've never really in my life found a need for DSLR. I never really got into photography that much. Right. What, what um, cameras do you, do you guys use on the drones? Just out of curiosity. Uh, we either use a 5d or a, uh, right now our current camera is the Lumix GH4, okay. which is, 
it's a DSLM. It's a two thirds. Okay. Uh, micro two thirds. Yeah. Or micro th- yeah, four thirds. Mi- yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about though. Yeah. Um, it's super light, you know, works, it works well being up in the air by something that needs like a light payload. Okay. And it, ta- it's, it shoots 4k. So that's nice, also nice. Yeah. That's, I can't believe that's crazy. You guys can get a 5d on that thing. Cause that's a, I mean, that's a pretty mm-hmm. big solid camera. Yeah. Well, actually we're, uh, we have a, uh, some work coming up, but we're going to be flying a red. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. We're actually working on building out a new gimbal for that now, because that's going to, you know, it's going to be a little bit bigger. Than yeah. We're used to. So do you, do you guys, real quick before I get into this a little bit more for anybody that doesn't know, uh, Wade works for a company called Heloscope and they do uh, aerial like photography and cinematography stuff. I'll link the episode on the website um, where we talked a little bit more about this. So if you don't know what we're talking about, that's essentially what it is. But uh, for the red, did you, are, are you guys purchasing that or is it something that you're renting? Oh, for an no, event no, or? no. So like we'll, we'll probably rent it and to rent it is still pretty expensive. I mean, I think to buy one new is like 15,000 and yeah, that's without like, that's with like everything stripped on it, you know, no big glass or anything. So for, and for flying, we're going to be using a really stripped down one. It'll have the body, um, you know, a light, you know, lightweight lens on it. Sure. Um, so I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. We've never, you know, we haven't, um, used many up to this point. I think we've, I think we've had a couple on, on before, but you know, this will be the first time doing it in like major production. So, right. Um, very excited to see how it comes out. Yeah. That'll be cool. I still haven't picked up a drone. It's like on my to-do list. <laughs> it's like, I, I need Actually, to fly one at some point. My little brother wanted to intern with us this summer and uh, he posted a picture uh, video yesterday on his Facebook mm-hmm. of him crashing a drone into a tree. And I was oh, like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad we didn't pick you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not really a way to like convince yeah. your skill yeah. set is being like, Oh, check out yeah. this drone that I crashed. Oh, by the way, can I intern for you? Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> you're not welcome. Yeah. Buddy. I could just imagine, <laughs> I could just imagine to him. He's like, Oh, look, it's a, that camera says red on it. And like, boom, crash. Boom. It's like, well, it was funny too because he posted the video of the perspective of the drone. So you see the drone go up and get this nice like panoramic visual of the river that he's at and then all of a sudden, I think it was too windy and he didn't factor that in. A gust of wind just pushes it right into a tree. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, yeah. it's not awesome for the drone, but that's a funny video. Yeah, it's yeah, funny. But yeah, the the last thing I kind of wanted to to touch on because it was kind of the big news of this week was the Apple Music Taylor Swift debacle. So Apple oh, Music, yeah, T Swift, uh, so much power, so much power. Yeah. But yeah, Apple Music comes out next Tuesday, I believe. So June June thirtieth. So that'll be interesting. But yeah, uh, they're doing a three month trial so that people can kind of get used to the platform. So basically, they're I think they're really trying to target people that are on Spotify to get them to switch over. Which I haven't decided if, I, if I'm going to yet or not. But yeah, I kind of want to see the numbers of uh, people who left Spotify during the first Taylor Swift debacle. Yeah, when she decided to just pack up her bags and leave Spotify because they weren't paying artists enough. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this and her being that rallying cry, which honestly is probably why Apple decided to do it. They're like, wow, we have this spokesperson. Yeah. Like she already doesn't like Spotify. We might as well have her on our side. Yeah. So, well, um, and see, and I, I expected during the WWDC announcement that they they had closed a deal with her or something like that. And she was going to get on stage and kind of talk about it. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going with Apple Music kind of because they had Drake on stage and he talked about apple mm-hmm. music he was wearing this jacket with like the old school rainbow apple logo super cool like i actually cool. was pretty impressed by that but yeah they didn't announce anything with taylor swift and so it was kind of quiet for a few weeks and then now all of a sudden last week or earlier this week taylor swift comes out with this letter to apple basically saying like i'm not putting 1989 on apple music you can't get my new album unless you purchase it basically you know kind of sticking it to the fans in a way but also sticking it to apple uh, and so I was kind of like, man, Taylor Swift, like you've got enough money. Like right, it's not that know? big of a deal, but I know I get, she's trying to like defend the indie artists yeah. and the smaller artists. So like Apple's doing this three month trial where it's going to be completely free for people. But the, the kicker is they aren't, weren't going to pay artists during this three month trial. So say you're a new up and coming artist, you have an album coming out in July, August, September, you're not getting any money from any of these streams. So the only money you're going to get from Apple is if somebody buys your album. And if your album's on there to stream for free, nobody's going to buy your album. Like, so I get that side on her side. 
she's got enough money. She's fine. Yeah, but, and, and mean, she said that. She, yeah, she's just being the spokesperson. You know, it's like it's like that psychological thing, like the innocent bystander syndrome. Like if no one said anything, nothing would have been done about it. Sure. So like I think that's pretty much what it is. She just she was fed up with Spotify and she saw you know you know this thing that was going to be equally as bad for up and coming artists and she's just being that spoke person so i think it i think it's cool i mean you hear a lot of people say that she's whiny and like right you know it's like and like like you said like you have enough money like what are you complaining about but right i think just like you know looking at it from the optimistic side she's really helping out like the little people True. who would like maybe someone's album on streaming when apple music comes out who's new or up and coming artist blows up on streaming they're not making any money from that yeah you know yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, because see, when I first saw the headline, I was like, oh my gosh, Taylor Swift being, you know, crazy about streaming <laughs> again, like she needs to give it the times. But like, yeah. then when I read through it a little bit more, and I saw that she's actually trying to stick up for those indie artists that are going to be having their stuff on during this, you know, that three month trial, it made more sense. But I mean, on the flip side, artists don't have to put their music on there. I mean, if I was an right. artist, I probably would have just held off on adding it to the catalog until after the three month trial. Yeah. But I mean, well, you, that's, know, you know what, I don't know. you know what I think is crazy? Like, so, you know, I'm more into like the EDM world and same, same. I, you know, SoundCloud, like I, it's always so you, every, I feel like every DJ puts his original music for free on SoundCloud. Yeah. All the time. Like all the time. And like, they're not making any money off that now. Now then again, I feel like, you know, DJs, they get booked for more shows more yeah. often. Um, you know, I guess, I guess artists only really make money by doing tours and I'm not sure if they do those, you know, as often as a DJ, a DJ could play eight times in a week, you know? Yeah. Um, and depending on how good they are, that could be, you know, that could be very good money. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I heard, I think I heard something, this is going to be, this is going to blow your mind. I think I heard something that Paris Hilton gets paid three hundred thousand dollars an hour to DJ. What? And she, yeah. like, from what I've heard, she doesn't even really DJ. She just is no, faking it up there. It? Yeah, just faking it. So, I mean, I look oh, at things like SoundCloud gosh. and DJ. I know it's ridiculous. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I say DJs. You know, they post their music for free on SoundCloud, and you know, you don't ever hear anyone griping on that side. But I guess it ha it has to be the fact that if if they didn't get paid from their album sales artists outside of the dj landscape wouldn't really make as much money off their music yeah i mean so. i get that but like for me i i mean they invest a lot of time in the music but the times that we're living in now with piracy you know is a big thing now spotify and these companies that came along streaming they're actually bringing some money back to the artists that they weren't getting at all like for me right i mean i used to pirate music like crazy i mean i haven't i only really buy music unless it's an artist that i'm like I know I like that artist yeah. and I want to support them because my own reasons, you know, like I value right. their music. They help me out in a lot of ways with their music. So I want to help them out kind of thing. But like, yeah. then I moved over to Spotify and I have no problem paying, you know, $10 a month or whatever. So I feel like the streaming services are more or less a supplemental way for artists to generate income. Cause the main way that they're getting it is off these tours and the bookings and stuff like that. But I don't know. I mean, it, I guess I get where Taylor's coming from trying to like rally for the indie artists, but on the flip side, they don't have to put their stuff on. Right, but they'd you know, be stupid. Spotify. They'd be stupid not to. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's funny. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm in your boat. Like I used to always just LimeWire was like my yeah, was my here. music source back in the day, and yep. you know, and now when Spotify, came, I've had been a Spotify customer since month one, mm -hmm. and since June 2011, I remember the exact month. And I've all I've loved Spotify. I don't really use it that much anymore. I still pay for it just because I have my my little brother is on my account and it was his Christmas present. So oh, okay, <laughs> I'm just paying for his Spotify because he uses it all the time and he's 14 yeah. and that's like huge for him. Oh yeah, see, uh, I'm, yeah, and I'm totally ingrained in Spotify now. Like I moved over yeah. my as much as I could from my Apple catalog over there just to free up the space on my computer. I mean, because I had 50 gigs or so of music that now wow. I can just keep in the cloud and I can listen to it whenever I want, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, see, I mean, and I still buy music. Like I use, because you know, with DJing and stuff, I have to, I, I try to pay for the music that I play because sure. So I, you know, Beatport is a great place for that. So love I mean, Beatport, yeah, love yeah. Beatport. It's funny yeah, that you mentioned SoundCloud earlier too, because yeah. what's interesting is a lot of artists will release stuff on SoundCloud that I wish they would put on Spotify because I would gladly stream it and right. just, you know give them I, that revenue. And there's tons of songs that I can't I get on Spotify. Yeah, wanting, I have been wanting a Spotify SoundCloud like. It doesn't have to be a merger, just a link 
between the two forever. Like I would much rather listen to SoundCloud, my SoundCloud music through Spotify because I really like, I really, really like the uh, Spotify app, even though a ton of people hate it, but I don't know what they're griping about. I, I really like it. And uh, I don't know. And I and I and on the flip side, I think that the SoundCloud experience is abysmal, right? Uh, mobile. So, yeah, I don't know. It would be so cool to have like you know some sort of like SoundCloud, uh, Spotify merger of some sort. Yeah, it's weird that artists don't put the music on Spotify as well because yeah. then they could be generating at least some income. Maybe it's not a lot, but I mean. A little bit I, here and there. It, it's kind of weird that they do that. I mean, I don't well, think they... Well, sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. So I think it's only released albums get moved to Spotify. Huh. That's because Because, like, I've seen, like, a, like, a lot of, like, Claude Monstroke or who, whomever, their stuff is on Spotify, but right. it's just their albums. It's not, like, these, like, one-off you know tracks that they'll post on soundcloud yeah so. see and i've i've got some of the one-off tracks actually sometimes oh, okay. from, from yeah. people but maybe it has to do with some of them are like people remixing somebody's track and maybe the legality of it they can't unless it's an official deal where both people are getting some kind of you know benefit from it maybe that's why but i mean i guess there's other songs that have been on soundcloud only that aren't remixed you know songs so, yeah that's interesting yeah but yeah, what do you think? What do you think about the the Apple Music thing? Do you think you're gonna to switch over, or you think you'll just kind of stick with your your Beatport and your SoundCloud and that kind of stuff? So I'm actually I've been I've been thinking about that for the past like since they announced it. I really think I'm gonna do the three month trial. Yeah, and I'm gonna see what kind of um, effort it takes into getting it at a level that my Spotify is at currently, even though. Like I said, I haven't used my Spotify in a while, so I've really missed out on a lot of probably new music that I would enjoy. Right. Um, and that's just that's not because I haven't wanted to use it. It's just because I've been busy and I've been listening to SoundCloud. So I, I think I might try to uh, pick up use of both at mm-hmm. the same time and see which one I kind of lean towards. Because, you know, being, you know, in the type of career, I'm, I'm a very, like, I like a really good user experience. Sure. So if, if Apple Music just comes out and blows it out of the water with, you know, the way that they handle everything and like iCloud, how that, you know, is integrated. I'm going to be really, you know, I'll probably make the switch if they make it somehow where you can port your Spotify uh, playlist over. Right. Um, right. See, and I, sh- I, I doubt they do. I, I Cause I yeah. bet there's some kind of API restrictions or something like that, which means it's going to take days for me to, to, to transfer yeah, everything my- manually. Uh, that's my issue. And I tried doing that with Spotify to RDO about mm. two years ago because RDO came out and I was like, wow, this user interface is like beautiful. Like right. I really want to try this. And there was like a Spotify to RDO website that you connected with your Spotify, connected with the RDO, and it tried to pull in as much as it could. Mm. And that was awesome. Yeah. But I, I don't know if Apple will be as lenient to have um, or Spotify rather yeah. will be as lenient to have something like that. Right. Maybe so. maybe that's why Apple's doing the three month trials because they know it's gonna take an average user three months to move all over their music. <laughs> maybe so. Honestly, honestly, it's it's you know it's a fair point. I mean, I feel I'm envious of all these people. Like my my buddy Brian, he has only just used you know like bought music through Apple Music, so right. he's gonna have such an easy time transitioning sure. that's to cool. something like this. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, for me, I want. To move over just because i an iphone user a mac user all that kind of stuff and i do have a lot of local tracks on my mac that aren't in spotify or aren't on google music or any other streaming service so being able to have those local files that aren't on the streaming service mixed with the the music that i have in the cloud all in one central app i think for me the convenience aspect of that is enough to make me switch but the big deciding factor will be the catalog so if this is catered more towards like the mainstream artists and like right. the Taylor Swift's and the Jay Z's and Kanye's, I don't really care about that stuff as much. I want nope. more of the underground, like you know, indie artists. And so, as long yeah. as they have that kind of stuff, and I'm not losing anything from my Spotify catalog, then yeah, I'll totally move over. But otherwise, if I'm I'll losing clear. music, I'll stick with Spotify. I totally agree. And if they have like a discovery, if their discovery feature is on par or better than Spotify's, because that's like when I use Spotify, I kind of live in the new release. Yeah. you know section of the uh, catalog of the uh, of the app right if they have some and, and sometimes it's so far off of like my my taste or things that i listen to on spotify it's like why are you showing me this album yeah you know so if they can 
build upon that and make like discovering new albums weekly better than Spotify does, that's also going to be a key selling point personally right. for yeah. myself. Yeah, well, and they're, they're saying that this is going to be curated by actual people um, and not just an algorithm. That was a big point that they made during the keynote. So this is cool. so there's actually going to be EDM fans curating these kind of new releases and these specific playlists. Because for me on Spotify, there's like certain sets of playlists from like maybe recording uh, mm-hmm. labels and stuff like that that I follow, uh, especially for like EDM. So there's right. uh, there's specific you know artists that I follow, but then there's also like record labels that I follow. So then when they come out with new releases on their label, they put it on a, a playlist. And then I get a notification on Spotify that, hey, we've added you know 10 new tracks today or whatever, which if as long as I can get that kind of stuff, it would be really good because I do like to follow those kind of playlists and being able to discover new music without necessarily having to go search for it. It's just kind of fed to me and then I can check yeah. it out and add it to my own playlist if I like it, which is, I, is something I really like about Spotify. Yeah, agreed, agreed, 100%. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm definitely I'll try it out for the three months. Yeah. But I, so I'm, it starts it starts up next next week, right? The thirtieth. Yeah. 30th, yeah right? Next yeah. Tuesday. So um, yeah, June thirtieth. We'll start the three month trial. And, and, we'll... and it's just through iTunes, right? It'll just be another tab in iTunes. Is that yeah? How it's gonna I, work? I think that's gonna how it's gonna work. And there will be an update for iOS iOS eight point four, I believe, to get cool. the new music app. And so it'll be your iTunes music app will be all integrated into this Apple Music, like sphere of stuff so it'll be interesting i'll definitely try it out and i'm sure we can we'll both talk about it on a future episode here but yeah i think i think we covered a lot this week i mean we talked (laughs) ar and vr and gaming and then some apple stuff as always so some party games you can play yeah yeah, some party games you can play so yeah drunk driving (laughs) if you guys uh have an n64 highly recommended i think (laughs) yeah we do not condone real life drunk driving yeah only only drunk driving on the n64 with mario kart could not agree more well man i think this was a good first episode i'm glad that we're we're finally gonna be doing this together i think it's pretty cool very excited very excited yeah man but we will be doing uh, another episode here next week as well so you guys can expect that um and we'll post all the show notes and everything on input 52 Dot com. But if you guys would like to follow us on Twitter, my username is at It's Ryan Bates. So that's I-T-S, Ryan Bates. And yours is? Uh, mine is W. Hamas. It's W-H-A-M-M-E-S. And Two M's. You, yep. Yeah. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Input52 as well. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. I know I say that all the time, but it actually really does help us out. And feel free to share the podcast with your friends. Uh, But thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week. See you later, guys.